Welcome to the KBB Review Podcast. I'm Andy Davis and this is episode 6 of season 7. Now that's the official designation, but in reality this is a very, very special show as in the grand timeline of the KBB Review Podcast, this is our 150th episode. We love round numbers on this show, so what's the best way to mark this momentous occasion, this grand milestone? By telling some mucky stories, of course. That's right, this is an industry that is built on one simple fact. You must at some point go and visit people in their homes, and people, and therefore their homes, can be really, really strange. So I ask you to send me your best stories, the top tales you tell all about customers and the weird old shit you found in their gaffes, and you did not disappoint. But before we get stuck into the shame... Let's focus on something wholesome and worthwhile. Have you booked your ticket yet for the KBB Industries' biggest UK event of 2023, the KBB Review Retail and Design Awards? It's on Thursday, April the 20th in the great city of Cardiff, and trust me, it's going to be nothing short of awesome. I'm a 50-year-old man. I can't get away with using the word awesome. It will be splendid. You can find out all the info and make your bookings at kbbreview.com forward slash awards. And if you do it ASAP, you can still pay by invoice. Okay, I've been putting it off long enough, so it's time to hear your stories. And joining me to wade through the detritus, I've roped in KBB Review Editor Rebecca Nottingham. Hello, Bex. Hi, Andy. Hello, everybody. And Acting Editor of Kitchens, Bedrooms and Bathrooms, Georgina Townsend. Hello, George. Hello, thank you for having me. Well, you're thanking me now. You haven't (laughs) heard the stories yet. So I want to start, actually, by apologising for dragging you down to the level many of these stories actually settle at. Especially you, George, because you are very much with child. I am indeed, yes. And I really don't want to bring anything on, just by your reaction to some of these quite frankly, awful stories. I mean, to be honest, if it was that easy, I think lots of women would be thankful for it, to be honest. Also true. There's no ladies giving birth on the bathroom floor stories or anything in there, so there's nothing too relevant. Wonderful. Right, so I'm going to keep all these anonymous, just in case. Some people who sent them in said it was okay to use their names, but they might regret that when they hear these stories in this particular context. Do you know what I mean? So I'm going to say everybody's anonymous. I apologise if you wanted to hear your name, but trust me, in the grand scheme of things, that might be for the best. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Here's our first story. Brace yourselves. And this is more a case, this is probably a story where you have to kind of picture yourself in this situation. Golly. It's a cracking opener as well. We have had quite a few customers use the toilet while the fitters are still in the room working. Oh, Lord. (laughs) Okay, pause. (laughs) Wow. As in literally going for a wee-wee or a (laughs) poo-poo? Well, the story developed. Listen on. Or, Or just seeing if the flush works. What I love about this story is the Britishness of it. You ready? A couple of years ago, it was the last day of a job and our installer was putting silicon around the shower. A lady customer popped in and said, don't mind me. He heard water, half turned his head around and she was fully sitting on the toilet with knickers around her ankles. (laughs) Safe to say his head moved back to the wall quickly. He couldn't walk out, so took his time doing his job until she had finished and left. She obviously took time doing her job as well. I still think he is in shock now. No, Um, just no. That is wrong on all sorts of levels. That's obscene. But it's the don't mind me that makes the story. Like it's don't mind me. Don't mind me. Just carry on with what you're doing and I'll just nip in here. I mean, when you've got to go, you've got to go. But equally, no, come on, love. Well, yeah, you'd just ask them to leave, wouldn't you? That's what I'd do. Oh, I'm desperate for the loop. I mean, if she doesn't mind that, what else doesn't she mind doing? That's what I want to know. Like, what's her level? <laughs> we, we need more info on this lady, don't we? Well, I'm hoping the he heard water bit means it was a number one rather than number two. Still, oh. I don't like my husband seeing me go. <laughs> so let alone the bathroom fitter. Okay, next story. It's a short one, but it's a good one. <laughs> okay. 
I was once pushing my tape measure under the client's bed to measure wall-to-wall for bedroom furniture when, with the female client present, I felt an obstruction against the tape measure and a firm push of the tape caused a lady toy to roll out from under the bed. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's brutal. I'm, I'm guessing he doesn't mean kaplunk. <laughs> or a Rubik's Cube. That sounds painful. <laughs> Poor lady. I mean, she was probably like not expect. I mean, maybe she was expecting it. Maybe it was like a wink, wink, nudge, nudge scenario. Look, I'm unfamiliar with these things, obviously. But would you just put it under the bed? Wouldn't it gather like a bit of dust and fluff? I, I feel know. like I don't want to comment on this one. I, I feel oh, like I, I, I feel like I could be digging a hole here if I do it. Do do say anything about this? No, but I suspect give it a bit of a rinse afterwards. I don't know. Well, I suspect it's just maybe got, got lost. Maybe she got caught short. <laughs> she just needed to hide it somewhere quickly and forgot <laughs> about it. Well, because the guy knocked on the door, coming around to not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wow. Okay. When I worked at a well-known big DIY shed, I sold... This isn't a disgusting one, by the way. This is more of a people are strange one. Okay. When I worked at a well-known big DIY shed, I sold a kitchen to a nice couple who were absolutely thrilled with the service and even wrote a lovely letter to the head office singing my praises. A few weeks later, when the kitchen was delivered, the husband came in to buy some bits to fit the kitchen himself. When he went through the till, all the alarms went off and he was confronted by the store manager and I, and we found a load of stolen jigsaw blades stuffed down the front of his trousers. (laughs) Can I just say, I'm going to caveat this with that I've never stolen jigsaw saws from a well-known shed, so I wouldn't know this, but surely if you're going to do that, you'd store them somewhere else, not down the front of your trousers. Bit of a risk, it? Is isn't it? very risky. Life on the edge. <laughs> I mean, they are packaged, but putting anything sharp down the front well, of exactly. your trousers isn't going to end well. But it's the idea that he's bought the kitchen. <laughs> spent all that money on a kitchen. Money, and then he's gone and tried to nick the jigsaw blades to fit it. See, so there you go. This is an example of maybe the sheds are more expensive than the independents. <laughs> he thought, I'm getting my money's worth out of them. Exactly. Okay, now, this is a long one, but it's a good one. It's worth it. Okay. One hot summer day back in the early 90s, my friend and I, two young entrepreneurial engineers, were tasked with the repurposing of some pipe work to reduce the amount of swept tees and knuckle bends and hopefully improve a small fashion retailer's drainage. So far, so good. The mission had been going well. Almost too well, and an early morning start was looking like pub time would be in the next few hours. As the final pipework was installed, we hit a snag. A run of the older pipework seemed to be connected to one of the adjacent shops above, so we downed tools to find out if the stores either side had had any issues with their facilities. I was pleased to report that all their waste from their shop had been taken away and no issues were known. My friend was not so lucky. The new owner of the shop had been made aware by the previous owner that every now and again the loose would play up a bit and a second flush was often needed. They had been in touch with the landlord prior to moving in to arrange a plumber, but in the eight weeks since they took over, no one had materialised. They were excited to see someone finally show up, but were disappointed to find out the visit was in fact for next door. Now it starts getting the details. (laughs) Perhaps buoyed by the morning's efforts, we decided to press on and test the new pipes. So armed with an old large plastic bin, we flushed the loo in the shop above and were happy to hear the water drain away into the sewers below our feet. It worked, we exclaimed. Now to test the other new run that had been put in. The final section of downpipe had not been fully fixed to the stack as yet, so we again repeated the process and waited with the large bin just in case. They called the neighbours and got them to flush their loos. They waited and waited and nothing happened. We took off the loose pipe and a new 90-degree bend and found a huge clump of grey stodge blocking the pipe. Mm, I'm not enjoying where the story's (laughs) going. Mm. I'm worried. Ella is going in that direction. Hazmat suits already on, new gloves and goggles, all equipment up and back to the staircase. 
masks on, we nodded to each other gravely. We carefully began to remove the lump of dry grey water and an alarming amount of feminine hygiene products. The lump fell unceremoniously into the rubbish bin. (laughs) But we then noticed a new lump was slowly easing itself out of the pipe above. Oh, slowly easing just... I'm not not happy about this story. (laughs) Just before lunch as well. A foul-smelling, worm-like goo began to emerge from its home. The grey colouring moved to darker grey and finally brown, softening as it fell clump by clump into the bin below. I like this descriptive writing, though. Do they want a job? (laughs) (laughs) What followed was a mixture of the prom scene from Carrie and the lift opening in The Shining. Movie buff. Nice. The rapidly softening brown tube that closely resembled a sausage cascaded into the bin below, (laughs) filling it within seconds. This was closely followed by the pipe, releasing an almighty burp of faecal-smelling air and then the inevitable torrent of warm, acidic mix of urine and faecal matter shot into the top of the bin, filling it and then spilling over the top all over the floor. Within a minute or so, the floor was underwater. Oh, good grief. Oh, wow. This is. I mean, can I pause for a second? How has it got to this stage? Yeah. How, how has, it, has it worked? How has it worked? Yes, Until quite. now. Is that just the magic of That's a very plumbing? good question. Or it's all backed up in the previous day and someone just had a really good night out. <laughs> or a really bad night out. We made our way to higher ground, perching on two old vegetable oil drums. The pipe continued to spew forth its foul contents, punctuated by the shotgun burp of trapped air that in turn heralded a gush of satanic filth about our feet. <laughs> Satanic filth. This is this is brilliant. You may have played The Floor is Lava with your kids and leapt from cushion to cushion around your front room or garden. We were surrounded by a warm lake, not of lava, but of the funk of four months of blocked waste pipework. Oh, gosh. Every now and again, small islands would appear in this ocean and then sink below view once more. Bravely and as gallantly as we could, we returned to the stairs from whence we came, scarred forever by our experience. The cleanup operation lasted a fortnight, but the memories will last unto eternity. <laughs> Brilliant. I mean, I mean, well, we need to invite this person back for some more stories, I feel. I, I'm guessing that he almost certainly still smells of that now. Oh, Almost certainly when they hear that story come again, it will... Expel it in your nostrils. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I... I don't want, oh, I'm not feeling too good after that, to be honest. I did go into the sewers under London once to help break up a fatberg. Oh, my goodness. For, for pleasure? No, I worked on a magazine that dealt with restaurants, and it was a massive deal at the time that under Soho, the restaurants were pouring so much fat down the drains that it blocked the sewers. God, oh, no. I can smell That's... that right now. What I can smell right now is chicken fajita. Would you like me to talk to you about that story? <laughs> You're determined to tell your chicken fajita story, aren't you? Go on then. I am, because I think I need help. So basically, I apologise for smelling like a chicken fajita. And that is because I have moved my little girl into her room upstairs. But that is the room above the duct for my extractor fan. And it's loud. So I don't know what to do because I don't want to wake her. But equally, I don't want to keep smelling like chicken fajitas every day in the office. So what do I do? What's the what's the answer? Help. If I'm honest, as a comparable story, I think the whole gush of satanic filth Probably beats the chicken for heat. Is, wasn't that a group in the 70s? Satanic Filth, yeah. I think I've got the first couple of albums, yeah. 
Now, I know that a lot of you are listening to this thinking, I've got a much better story than that. Well, why not let us be the judge of that? We'll be doing another stories episode in the next season, so if you want yours on here, then send it straight to me, Andrew Davis, at taylorsmedia.com. That's Andrew Davis at taylorsmedia.com, and I'll put that email address in the episode description. But remember, Davis is spelled with an E. Anyone who doesn't spell it that way should be arrested. Our director was left on her own in the showroom while I went on a site visit. When I'd finished, I saw that I had quite a few missed calls from her. It turns out she was showing a customer a demo of a smart toilet we have in the showroom. However, she didn't realise that you have to put the plastic cover over it. So the toilet started spraying water in the customer's face and she couldn't turn it off. <laughs> she, she hasn't lived this one down. I bet she hasn't. Oh, real. I've um, sat on a smart toilet before in a showroom and wasn't aware that the toilet seat would be heated. So I sat down and it was very close to like sort of where the desks were. And I let out a very loud, oh, <laughs> I thought you were going to say that it felt like someone else had been sat on it before, because that's kind of. But that's equally. <laughs> yeah. And that, and as soon as I sort of let out that, oh, I thought, oh, <laughs> you know, why is this so warm? So, exactly. <laughs> whole range of emotions when I sat on the smart toilet for the first time. When they first came over here to this country, I went to the showroom of a, the very well-known uh, smart toilets manufacturer and they said, would you like to try it? So it kind of showed me to the cubicle, which I then shut the door behind me and then I tried it. And when I opened the cubicle door, the guy was stood there and he went, how was it? No, again, it's no. just a bit... I That's don't, awkward, isn't it? Washing your bottom in a public place, other people have washed their bottoms. I'm just... I don't think I'm OK with it. If I'm honest with you, my, I was so thrilled by the experience that my actual answer was, I'm never going back. <laughs> anyway, this is a short one, but it's a good one. And it's the bit at the end, there's a little topper on the end that, that sets it off for me. I had a fitter once who needed to tie up a ball cock and couldn't find any string, so he took the laces out of the client's very expensive shoes. <laughs> The same fitter was caught copying another client's CD collection. (laughs) (laughs) Extraordinary. It's taking advantage. You're there in the house? Yeah. Why not? I don't think I'd take the laces out of the shoes, though. It's so obvious that that's what you've done. Maybe in an emergency. But that an emergency as in a tourniquet or something because someone was bleeding. (laughs) Not a toilet emergency. One very, very busy day in the showroom, there was a particularly unruly toddler running about unchecked. He disappeared for a few minutes and came back to where I was talking to his parents and announced, I've just done a poo. <laughs> well, that's really good potty training. The parents should be really proud. Where had he done it, George? He was 23 years old. <laughs> he had indeed, but it was in a non-functional display in the middle of the showroom. Aww. Having presented the parents with the evidence, they promptly packed their belongings and left us with the dirty deposit. No, that's unacceptable parenting. I'm sorry. If this had happened to you, you'd have cleared it up, obviously. Yes, and probably yeah. bought the toilet as well. <laughs> An awful lot of bathroom retailers probably have similar stories to that, I think. It would be, there needs to be a kind of accepted industry etiquette for it. I agree, though. You wouldn't just leave it, or at least, at the very least, you'd, sat, you'd, you'd be like, oh, I'm so sorry, uh, let me deal with it. I've once been thrown up on in the middle of an aisle and I've put down my basket of shopping and left. Now that was bad, but then I was sick all over me as well. And yeah. she, so, and that's not you. I, I could be fairly hypocritical here, but if it was poo, I think I'd clean up the poo. That was somebody else puking on you, though. Oh, <laughs> my child, my child oh, puked my up on me. <laughs> if someone puked up on me and then <laughs> the supermarket and left, I don't think I'd be as okay as that. What scenario did you have in your head? An unruly customer. <laughs> 
where my head went then. I just had visions of somebody, another customer puking on. As she walked past. (laughs) Apologies, love. I'm so terribly sorry. Which is why I was like, well, that's not your fault. (laughs) It's probably my fault how I described the story. My little girl threw up on me. In a supermarket, and I left. So. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> I had an electrician working in a large ensuite off a large bedroom. He heard someone come into the bedroom and didn't think anything of it, but it soon became clear that it was the client's very amorous daughter and her boyfriend. I'm not sure how long he listened for, Ooh. but after flushing the toilet and coughing a couple of times, it sounded like the couple made a very hasty retreat from the bedroom. Oh, no. Oh. That's a very English way of dealing with that as well, isn't it? <clears throat> I'm so terribly sorry. Oh, how embarrassing. It would have been worse if he'd stayed in there for longer, though. He had to make that noise, didn't he, to make it appropriate for him to but sort of get out of there. It, it's equally as awkward that he didn't really say, hello, he's hoping that they've heard him. Yeah, <laughs> the cough. Yeah. <laughs> and weirdly, that little bit, I'm not sure how long he listened for, makes it sound a little bit creepy. That is a bit creepy. Yeah. I left it to 10 minutes and then I coughed. <laughs> Speaking of disturbing, we installed a new bathroom for a retired engineer and for the first day of fitting after the strip out, he brought a picnic chair and a flask up to the door of the bathroom and sat down, poured a tea for himself and watched the fitter for the whole day. (laughs) I had to go to the house and tell him to stop it. (laughs) I'm not sure if this is funny, but it was certainly creepy. Yeah, I don't think that's creepy. I think that's just an interested party. I mean, did he ask? Did he say, what are you doing, my darling? What are you doing? The fitter wasn't... My darling would My make it darling. Sound <laughs> darling, what are you doing watching me? It's not a sinister thing because basically just taking an interest in his job as an engineer. A picnic chair and a flask, though? It's a very British thing to not ask. That's true. Like, why didn't you just say, okay, scratch the darling thing? Oi, what are you doing? The picnic chair and a flask is a very British thing. Yeah, it's yeah. also, the whole thing's very British. I had a seriously bad smell in a showroom I worked in years ago. It was like really bad cheese that had gone off. Every day for about a month, the smell was getting worse. We opened up drains, checked everywhere, and I just couldn't find where it came from. Until one day, the boiler, which was really high up a four-metre wall, stopped working. I got ladders out to fix it, but when I got to the top, I nearly fell off with the smell. The boiler had been serviced the previous month, and the engineer had left his latte on top of it, which had gradually turned to a stinking bishop over the following few weeks. Oh, gosh. I can relate to this, the the person, though. I've done this with a fruit smoothie before, and it exploded in the office. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I like that story. (laughs) That wasn't here, was it? No, no, it was somewhere else. I had to leave. (laughs) <laughs> and again, that's, that smell's going to stay with you, isn't it? Yeah. About 10 years ago, we'd arranged the time of a delivery with a female customer. When our driver got there, there was a note on the door saying she was taking a swim in the pool in her garden and to come round the back. When the driver walked around the house with the delivery note, the customer greeted him and got out of the pool stark naked. I was going to say, this This sounds like the start of a porno. It, it does a bit, doesn't it? Quite calmly, she walked over to get a robe, popped it on, and without missing a beat, said, Let me show you where to put that. Oh, I bet she did. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. The driver, to his credit, remained professional and said nothing, unloaded the goods where he was told, got the lady to sign, and went on his way. That's just full of double entendres, isn't it? It really is. He unloaded his goods. Yeah. (laughs) It's a Friday afternoon, around 4pm. A gentleman starts marching in from the car park and it wasn't the walk of a man coming to browse. This was a complaint. As he stormed in, we greeted him with our normal, Good afternoon, can we help? Yes, you can, he said. I've just come home and found your fitter in bed with my wife. Oh, no! 
That's not actually funny, I is demand it? 50% That's... off. He looked at us. We looked at him. We stared. He stared. We were all at a rare loss for words. I believe the company not only refunded the kitchen, but also paid for a holiday for them to patch things up. This sounds like wow. a conspiracy to me. That, Do you think she does this? That's not. It's like a team. Yeah. Team, let's get money off. They gave him the kit. That's a bit too much. It's not their fault. This sounds like an article. Would you give a free... Dear Deirdre. <laughs> would you give a free kitchen to someone who was caught with a fitter? It's quite strange that he went to complain to the kitchen company. Yeah. I'm all for a good customer service. Yeah. But I believe you've been customer servicing my wife. <laughs> a free holiday, though. I'm inclined to agree with you. I think there's some kind of thing it's going on here. Yeah. Well, but I love the idea that he's forgiven the wife based on the fact that he got a free kitchen. Yeah, and a holiday. Well, I, I can't believe the deception, but on the other hand, we did get that free kitchen, so it was probably worth it in the end on balance. Swings around about. I'd like to know where the holiday was. Mm. It's the nudist one because it's the nudist lady from the pool. Yeah. In that case, maybe this is the third chapter of that story. Just after lunchtime one day, the phone rings with a rather irate woman on the phone. I've just nipped home from work for lunch and the fitter isn't here, she barked. I interrupted and said that sometimes they need to go out for materials or to get their lunch. Yes, well, that isn't the problem, she said. The problem is that when I went upstairs, his apprentice was lying on my bed wearing my underwear. (laughs) Oh, okay. If this is the same family, they're just really unfortunate, (laughs) aren't they? Do you think this is the problem with apprenticeships? <laughs> is that why they can't get more apprentices in the industry? Because you just don't allow them to rifle through the customer's underwear drawer? Underwear drawer. I mean, I wonder what he would have found if he'd looked under the bed. Good point. Exactly. It's all, it's all come round to the same story. Are we saying this, all these stories might all be the same people? <laughs> <laughs> it's all just come from one really unfortunate retailer. <laughs> yeah. And one very raunchy family. <laughs> A raunchy con family. (laughs) But with a very nice kitchen and bathroom. And a great holiday memories. And a swimming pool. (laughs) I think we know how they got the swimming pool for free as well. Yes, we do. Yeah. I was once fitting a kitchen with a young apprentice labourer. He was one of those cocky young lads that had been there, done that, and always had a story to tell. When we were working on one particular job, we arrived for the first morning and he kept saying he recognised the customer's wife from the family's photos around the house. I didn't pay him too much attention, and when the rest of the team came into work, we all just ignored him and got on with the job. However, the next morning, he turned up for work with a copy of his favourite gentleman's magazine under his arm. He gathered us all round and showed us the reader's wife section. (gasps) And yes, there in all her glory, leaving nothing to the imagination, was our customer's wife. No one could look at her or him quite the same way again for the rest of the job. Oh, no! Thrown under the bus by her husband. Oh, no. I don't know. She was obviously up for it. Well, I was going to she would have been like... Well, the funny thing is I used to know someone who knew someone who worked on... A likely tale. Yeah. (laughs) Friend of a friend, is it? (laughs) Who worked on one of those magazines. Was one of the designers for for one of those magazines. And back in the day, they used to get literally thousands of photos for that section. So much so that you become quite blasé about the people in the photo. And what they said was, you spend most of your time going, oh my God, look at that sofa. (laughs) Oh, look at that kitchen. Oh my God, that kitchen is just (laughs) dreadful, isn't it? Oh, how did they get in and out of that bath? Are we assuming then that she gave the okay on? Well, you'd hope so, although this is a whole different (laughs) conversation. Yeah, I'm not going to claim any major knowledge about what the readers were saying these magazines were like. (laughs) What a job. You could get it signed by her. I love the way, though, that of all the magazines that lad had probably looked 
of those that he he just recognized yeah. this one woman actually now that we let's delve deeper into this he recognized her from a particular yeah. magazine that he still had i mean was it a fresh one? Oh gosh did he have a does he have a, a, a whole pile of, them. pile of the magazines and he recognizes his face is really well it's quite strange we're laughing at the at the wife but i actually think we need to put our attention now to the actual person who recognized a face from a magazine <laughs> yeah. like he's gone ah issue, issue 16 Julie. volume 4 <laughs> yeah. yeah embarrassing when we're taking out an old kitchen before fitting the new one, we quite often find stuff that's fallen or been shoved between the units. Normally it's crisp packets or tea towels, but on this one occasion it was a little more than that. When taking out one particular unit, I noticed that the bottom of it was loose, and when I lifted it up, the floorboard underneath was loose too. I thought I'd better fix it back down, so I lifted it up first to make sure I had something to screw it to. Underneath was a brown wooden box, and I thought I'd better take it out and give it to the customer. The box was open, so I had a quick look, and inside was a load of rolled-up banknotes, some English, some South African, and a big diamond ring. I told the customer, and they knew nothing about it. The assumption was that it belonged to the people who lived in the house before they bought it ten years previously. The customer contacted the estate agent they brought the house through, who believed that the previous owners had been an elderly couple who had since died. A likely tale again. Oh, we rang the estate agents. They've died. This, yeah. No, this sounds like an ITV drama. Yeah, it does. That's got ITV. Like, yeah, we're like Martin Clunes in it. Yeah. They then contacted the police and were eventually told that there was no known family so they could keep the money. In total, there was 15 grand in cash plus whatever the diamond ring was worth. Nice. The total cost of the kitchen was 12 grand, so they effectively got a free kitchen and a holiday on top. There's a theme here, isn't yeah, there? Free kitchens and a holiday. <laughs> I want to get me one of these free kitchens. and a, Oh, no, that's a different episode altogether, isn't it? Well, you know what you need to do. You either find the money or... Oh, dear. Earn it. Right, anyway, moving on. Well, there's a twist in this tale. This is what oh. makes, it the, makes it the ITV drama. However, not only did they not even buy me a drink for being honest, when we finished everything and they told me how happy they were, I still had to threaten them with court action to get the final invoice paid. Oh, oh. typical. Wow. Money goes to money, though, doesn't it? That's why. Money went to their heads. (laughs) Why do these things never happen to me? Yeah. Did you hear the other day that someone won the lottery the first time they did it? They won, like, millions of pounds, and she's a teenager. Oh, for God's sake. (laughs) (laughs) That was really bitter. Yeah, I am really bitter, (laughs) I'll be honest. I was working on a loft conversion, and we turned up to start on the Monday morning. After the normal introductions, the customer put the kettle on and showed us around. When walking past the door to one room, he said, oh, that one's locked. We've got a few personal items in there, and if it's okay, we'd rather no one went in. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. We said, yeah, no worries, it's not a room we need to access anyway. The customer left for work, and we thought no more of it, and got started on the loft. Quite often when starting a project like that, there are no boards fitted. This being the case, you find yourself hopping from one joist to the other in the early stages until the floor goes down. However, the obvious problem is that if you miss the joist and end up treading on the plasterboard with any weight, your foot goes straight through into the room below. Oh, handy. That the yeah. room below was the locked room. So you can guess what happened next. My foot went through to the locked room. We were asked not to go in. The guy I was working with said, don't worry, I'll patch it up quick and no one will know. So thinking we were doing the right thing, we broke into the room. Oh, God. Classic doing the <laughs> wrong is, thing for the right reason. This is a Only Fools and Horses episode. Yeah. So I think we were doing the right thing. We broke into the room and found out why he didn't want us to go in. There in front of us was a dungeon full of special suits, harnesses and a plethora of whips definitely not used for horse riding. If you've ever seen Fifty Shades of Grey, well, it was that room. 
Wow. It's always the suburban ones, isn't it? <laughs> oh, it's yeah. always the quiet ones. <laughs> After a bit of a giggle, we patched up the ceiling with plasterboard and put on a skin Hang coat. Hang on, can I pause you? When they say a bit of a giggle, how much do we think they got involved with those whips and things? They definitely played around for a bit, do you I, not think? No, I just think they were... No, 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 no. This is in the magazines you read, isn't it? <laughs> they definitely posed for some pictures, right? He said a bit of a giggle. I, I, I don't think they went, and then left. I'm thinking they've explored a bit. Okay. No, I don't mean actually getting involved in the dungeon stuff. I mean, they obviously work closely together. I mean... I'm just saying, if you walked into a dungeon, a sex dungeon, you're going to look around, aren't you? Well, I don't know. I don't think I would. <laughs> if there was some hand sanitizer there or something, maybe. Do you know what I mean? A part of me would be thinking, Ooh, oh, where's God. that been? Right. <laughs> hey, listen, he's the one who said, after a bit of a giggle, I'm just trying to explore what that yeah, means. Yeah, now see, this one's like a Channel 5 documentary. <laughs> However, we didn't have any paint, so we had to leave it bare. We then locked the door and acted like nothing had ever happened. We can only assume the customer painted the ceiling himself as nothing was ever mentioned for the rest of the time we were there. Oh, no. That's really awkward, isn't it? Yeah, there's awkward. <laughs> there's aw- awkward is like accidentally standing on someone's foot on the tube yeah. or something. This is beyond... This is a sex dungeon, Bex. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's off the scale awkward then, isn't it? It's just very British, isn't it? It's like, I know that you know that I know that I've got a sex dungeon. But, but we just but won't let's talk, not talk about, about it. it. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'd rather they didn't talk about it, though, if I was the, if I was the house owner. True. I, I really do just would, I'm glad of the Britishness, I think. But I'd equally, I, d- I don't know if you've got a sex dungeon on you. Are you embarrassed by your sex dungeon? I'm not sure. Well, this is, this is a dilemma, isn't it? So if you had a sex dungeon, right, hypothetically, if you had a sex dungeon and you went in to use the said sex dungeon and then you looked up at the ceiling and realised that there was a big patch there where clearly someone had plastered over it but not painted it, would you, next time those loft conversion fitters were there, would you go, excuse me, would you raise it or would you kind of just not mention it? Well, I don't know. This is a bit too, this is a bit too out there for me. Yeah, and I don't want to say anything in case everyone thinks that I know I've been there before. <laughs> yeah, that sounds very familiar, that sex This is exactly what I would do. (laughs) Well, here's what actually happened. (laughs) Funny you mention that, because that happened in my house. (laughs) This story sounds very familiar. Hmm. (laughs) I think I know how this one ends. (laughs) Artex. Well, look, thank you very much, ladies, for your time. I'm so sorry you had to hear some of those stories. I like that a lot of them revolved around poo and sex toys. Yeah, no, I'm less a fan of the poo, but... Oh, and the sex toys. <laughs> Are you trying to say we need to talk about more sex toys more? Is that, is that one too? That's amazing. <laughs> I don't know where to go with that now, really. I think you should just leave it there. <laughs>